This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 12, Episode 32. This is Writing Excuses, structuring a short piece. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. So for the next few months on Writing Excuses, we're going to take each length group of a story, and we're going to talk about structural issues specifically focusing on that, though we might stray to things that will be applicable to different lengths as well. Uh, This month, we'll be talking about flash fiction and short stories specifically, and then we'll go to mid-length work, so novelettes and novellas, then novels, then then we'll talk about sequels, not just a series, but sequels in general um, and whatnot. So today, short fiction, and I want to lead with what we've been promising you for a while. Uh, Mary is going to explain Mace Quotient, not Mice Quotient, Mace quotient to you again. We did this a few years ago on the yeah. podcast, but A is the new I. A, a is, is the, the new I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so um, sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> um, so, so this was this originated as Orson Scott Card's Mice Quotient. Uh, I have taken it and run with it um, and and renamed it slightly. So, this is an organizing principle. The idea of which is that every story is made up of four components: milieu, questions, asks asks and answers characters and events, and that one of these is probably going to be your primary driver. And where this comes in handy with, with short fiction in particular, although it's, it's handy with longer form as well, is that often short fiction is made up of just two of these. And one of the things that people will go wrong with is that they will attempt to have multiple threads going on, which will add length and complexity to your story. So a milieu story begins when your character enters a place and it ends when they exit. These are journey stories, quests, um, man against nature, Gulliver's so Travels. the enter a place can be entering the quest. Entering the quest. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, quest state can be, can be the point of entry. Um, and but I've also seen ones where it's like we enter the room yes. and we get out. That's when the story ends. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it does not have to be returning to your home, although they are very classically you know, a character is trying to get home. Wizard of Oz has a very strong mace element, uh, it has a very strong milieu element mm-hmm. with Dorothy entering Oz and then coming back out of it. Would you call Emperor Soul a milieu story? Um, starts with a woman who gets locked in a prison cell but l- escapes at the end, but the story... Yeah, it is, it is very driven for me. So one of the things... One of the things that uh, that is confusing about the Mace Quotient when you're looking at it is that although it tells you a lot about where the story begins and ends, it also tells you about the, the conflicts that are in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, for me, the, the big driver is what is the primary driving conflict? Is the primary driving conflict about getting out? Um, and in Emperor's Soul, I would say no. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. for me, Emperor's, Sto- Emperor's Soul is, a, is an A. It's an ask and answer. Yeah. Because there's a puzzle that, that is being, being explored. Yes. yes. And, and that's what I would say as well, is that, that it's an ask-answer um, with a milieu frame. Right. The milieu is how we're signaling our progression, mm-hmm. uh, but it is not what the story is actually about. Correct. Uh, this is where this sort of discussion gets really confusing sometimes when you've got these frames and things like this. Yes. But I'll let you go on. No, Okay. Um, but, but, and that is, that is one of the things that is tricky is that, um, 
depending on the kind of story you're telling, sometimes the thing, that frame on the outside is your big burning question. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's not. And it, a lot of it has to do with how much weight you're giving to it at the beginning. Uh, how, and, and by weight, I mean how many words you're allotting it. So, uh, so that's a milieu. And milieu conflicts are all about stopping your point of view character from getting out of the, the milieu state. Mm-hmm. Before we totally leave the idea of these kind of nested stories, um, I think what's one of the things going on with Emperor's Soul is that the the burning question, like you say, is that ask and answer, what's mm-hmm. going on, you know, whatever, blah, blah. But the milieu is what is working for that particular character. You could have told the same story with a different character, but because it was this woman who did not want to be there, you had to trap her. And right. so, therefore, that's where the milieu element comes in. So you had very good point. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's also one of the other interesting things is that when you switch point of view character, often your uh, your your framing and and the the which of these elements is driving is going to shift uh, because they're all about affecting the primary character, your your point of view character. Um, so uh, an ask answer is about a question that the character has. Um, a lot of people will confuse it and think that an ask-answer story is about a question that the reader has. And although you can do that and treat the reader like a character in some ways, it's usually dealing with a question that the, the character has. So these these are mystery stories, um, puzzle stories, anything where the character is trying to, to solve or find an answer. Um, detective stories, Sherlock Holmes is very, usually the, the old school Conan Doyle are usually pure mm-hmm ask answer there's really no character arc there's really nothing else going on there a lot of asimov stories as well yeah um and so so the conflicts in an ask answer story are all about stopping your character from getting the answer because the moment they have the answer the story is over you've closed that thread then um and and again this is this is where a lot of people will will get confused you can um you can have you can have a story that will keep going and ask answer if a character gets the answer to the question that they think they were asking, but they realize that oh no, I was it's actually a bigger question. Bigger question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so conspiracy stories right are, are usually this kind of thing where it keeps getting the one question of the classic bigger. Um, film structures says every story should have a point where the character realizes that their question was too small. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is very often the end of act one in three act format yeah. is when we got the answer and the answer was we asked the wrong question. Right. Yeah. All right. So then we've got character stories and character stories are about an internal conflict. Um, and this is an internal conflict with the main character. There is some aspect of themselves that they are not happy with. There is a dissatisfaction. Uh, and this can be... Um, personal appearance. It can be their, you know, their, their ambition is being thwarted. It can be, a, you know, love, romance stories, coming of age. These are classic character stories. And so all of your conflicts are about stopping the character from achieving a self-definition that they are satisfied with. Your story ends when the character is either satisfied with their self-definition or recognizes that this is, you know, in a tragedy, they're like, no, I'm doomed. This is who yeah. I am. Um, and then event stories are about an external, 
conflict. So this is where your character's status quo has been disrupted and it ends when they have achieved a new status quo or, or some come to some resolution. And by status quo, I mean, um, you know, asteroid coming at the earth, they've been fired. A lot of your of the, action adventure a stuff. A lot of those action event. adventures. Yes. Uh, frequently because the, the, the event disrupts the character's status quo, it will introduce a character element quite naturally. Like if you get fired, that's going to mess with your self-definition. Right. So all of your, all of your conflicts are going to be about stopping the character from achieving a new status quo. Now I noticed in a lot of these, we kind of, you have the kind of begin and end um, element. Do you actually look at the story? Do you try to actively mirror beginning and end of your stories? Dan, I know this is a thing that you've actually talked about before, mirroring your beginning and your ending. Yes. And I find that what that does is it helps me to make sure that I am headed in the right place and it gives the entire plot an arc. Um, and I'm sorry, I was looking something up because I wanted to, to make a comment about a different thing. So I'm trying to get back into... Um, I wanted to say something. As, as Mary explains the, the mace quotient, uh, it's, I, I know a lot of new, you know, new writers will struggle with, you know, oh my gosh, I have to know all of this stuff in order to start a short story. And what I've found is that Mace Quotient is a super useful tool when I feel like my story is bloating because I can then ask myself, wait, what are the pieces that I really wanted to tell? What are the pieces that I can prune away? Um, You know, oh, I wanted, what I really want to tell is the character story of this little boy whose world is turned upside down because an asteroid is hitting the earth. And it's about his character and the asteroid becomes the bracketing, and he's the character, and I need to leave out the ask and answers and the milieu and a bunch of this other stuff and start pulling things away. And so for me, once I get into Mace Quotient, it's usually because I'm pruning. Uh, Typically, when I'm writing something long, I don't need to remind myself, oh, be sure to include the milieu, be sure to include the ask. Those, I have no trouble loading all that stuff in. Yeah, it it is the 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 biggest reason that I find it useful is exactly what you're talking about with, with short fiction. It's like with short fiction. Yeah. And I'll use it. I mean, I do use it with long fiction, but with long fiction, you can have multiple threads and you're opening and closing them all the time with short fiction. If you're trying to write an honest to goodness, short story, that's 7,000 words or less two, you can handle two mace threads, two major ones you can sometimes you can throw in a third if you don't have a lot of characters mm-hmm. um, as a, a, a minor subplot. But if you try to do all three, you know, if you try to do all four of them as as full on, fully fleshed things, it's it's very difficult to do. Uh, and part of it is that it it splits your readers' focus. The proportional amount of time that they have to spend and to invest in anything means that that they don't wind up investing fully in any of these problems. Okay, so here's the thing that I was looking up earlier. There is an original series Star Trek episode called The Something Seven. I never was able to, to figure out what it was. And it, on the surface, looks like it is a milieu story. It, 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 Spock takes a little group in a shuttle down to a planet. Things go horribly wrong, oh, yes. and they need to get off the planet. Uh, and Just rewatched that. It becomes obvious as you go along that one of the things keeping them stuck on the planet is Spock. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. because he is doing it wrong. He is being a bad leader. And this episode begins, I think literally the very first scene is this kind of good-natured Vulcan ribbing, you know, logic, blah, blah, racism, whatever. And they, they do that mirroring at the end because about halfway through the story, you realize, oh, this is actually a character story. Mm-hmm. This is when Spock has to learn that sometimes you have to put logic aside and you have to trust your gut and all of that. And it adds all of a sudden this incredible depth to it. And it still is a milieu, milieu story. Yep. You go to the planet, you come back. But it's also Spock has to go through this personal journey and that's what enables them to get off. And it mirrors that at the end, they, they're back on the bridge. They have that same conversation again about logic and instinct. And it works so perfectly. Sixteenth yeah. episode of season one. It's called the Galileo the Seven. Galileo Seven. There you go. Thank you. One of the things that I'm also going to point out about that one is that there is uh, there's an event story that's going on as well with that. But the event story is actually happening to Kirk on the bridge, which is that his status quo has been disrupted because he's missing crew, mm-hmm. and what their status quo has not been disrupted because their status quo was we are going out to look at this phenomenon and going out to look at the phenomenon has unintended consequences, but it was part of their plan. This discussion of Star Trek is kind of critically important to the discussion of structuring short because writing for television is all about this kind of short structure. And if you break too many of the rules, I say rules, you, you play with the form too much, uh, your TV episode does, just doesn't work. Flat out doesn't work because the structure is so very important. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's stop for our book of the week, which is actually not a book again, <laughs> but this time it is a bunch of stories. Yes. Okay, so our book of the week is actually the Hugo-nominated short stories. Uh, At the point where we're recording this, we don't know who's going to win. We don't even know who's been nominated yet. But 
whoever it is, they're going to end up being worth your time. And some of them are going to be awesome. Some of them you might hate, but I think without exception, you can learn a lot by reading them. So the best thing about short stories and short fiction in general is that uh, your commitment to consuming something that you don't (laughs) like is much less. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit more um, about how we structure, let's say, flash fiction. Okay. Mary, structuring <laughs> flash fiction. So am, am I, well, you write flash fiction, I, Howard. I, I write flash. But am I the only yeah. other one? I have never written flash fiction. I, I'm not surprised never by this. Never officially. Um, okay, so flash fiction is generally a single mace element. Uh, there, is, there is one problem that your character is trying to solve, and you do some, um, and, and it will vary. I mean, you will see some flash pieces that are, are just kind of... Um, uh, almost tone poems of let me explore this place. But but generally speaking, a flash fiction piece begins right when the problem is introduced. Uh, you have a couple of try-fail cycles, and then your your character solves it. But there is just one problem, and you just work right through it. There's not a lot of space for anything else. Uh, the other threads are usually present, but they're not heavily driving. Um, so I have a story called Evil Robot Monkey, which uh, is 975 words. Congratulations. Thank you. And it was nominated for the Hugo. Mm. And I wrote it in an hour and a half. Mm. Um, this is the story I trot out when I want to make other writers hate me. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Done. Um, the The thing about it, uh, the, the reason I'm bringing it up is that if you t- grab it, it's available for free on my website. We'll link to it from the liner notes. If you grab it, you will very quickly see the structure that's in it because it's, it is very clearly a character story. My character is dissatisfied with his role. He's a research chimp. And while there is an event that happens, it's a very small event. It's over in just a couple of lines. And you can see my yes, but no, and all the way through that story. And I challenge you to go mark that sucker. Mm. <laughs> uh, and then I, I aimed for, I'm going to end with a, a positive state because I, I wanted a happy ending. So I gave him a solution. Where can people find this story? Uh, they can find it on my website, uh, maryrobinettekowal.com. Yeah, I'll link to it in the liner notes. So Yeah. Uh, if you look under fiction, there's free fiction and it's there. <laughs> but we'll also link to it. Structuring very short pieces. <sighs> Uh, when I write very short, um, often what I am doing is composing, you know, a very short story on Twitter. Uh, and sometimes it's, it, you know, it's built in three posts. Sometimes it's just built into one. Um, I do not have any super examples right now in front of me. I've been looking for one of my favorites by somebody else. Uh, and I'm going to paraphrase it badly. Uh, take, take you to our leader. No, just here for pictures of Earth kittens. When everything is terrible, Earth kittens make it better. That's the whole story. And I love it because unspoken is the fact that the alien has come here because everything is terrible. terrible. (laughs) Um, And that's one of the things that flash fiction uh, at that size, flash is not the right word, I think. At that point, it's micro fiction, uh, Twitter fiction. the, the structure is what is, I, I have to ask myself, 
What is the thought I want to leave them thinking that I did not actually ask? You know, the story, the story doesn't ask the question. The story forces you to ask the question uh, as you move on. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that is actually one of the, the things that you can do with flash fiction um, that will often be unsatisfying in, a, in another length, which is to not actually give the answer. Uh, you take the reader up to the point where they have all of the pieces and you imply the ending. You don't do this all the time, but that is frequently what you do, that that you allow them to finish it. When we talked about the uh, uh, issue, elemental genre, and the idea that in a good issue story, typically you are presenting all of the possible sides and asking all of the questions and providing multiple answers, but never saying, letting, laying down anything concrete, uh, short fiction, flash fiction, microfiction is perfect for these issue stories because it works so well at framing a question in a way that leaves the reader dissatisfied and puzzling <laughs> over uh, what the answer could be, which is kind of, in many cases, your goal. Yeah. So I know that we're supposed to talk about short fiction in this one, but I, I kind of want the novel-length version of that kitten story <laughs> where Earth is the only planet that has cute mammals on it, and so it becomes our primary intergalactic export. Kittens. Cat pictures. Yeah, yeah. cat pictures to make people happy. Yeah. We are out of time. Bear, you're going to give us some homework to help us practice the Mace Quotient. Yes. Now, ironically, this is probably the longest description for a homework <laughs> assignment. Um, what I want you to do is I, I want you to take uh, either a new idea or something that you're working on that you'd like to be a short story. I want you to write, uh, pick one of the Mace elements, uh, whichever one you want to pick, whichever one you feel like is your major driver. And I want you to describe the, that in three sentences. So the first sentence is what, where the story opens. And the second sentence is what your major conflicts are, you know, what your major conflict is or the type of conflict. And your third sentence is, uh, is where that, that winds up. Uh, all three of those things should match. Then I want you to pick a second mace element and do the same thing. So you've got two things. Say you've got one that's character and one that is ask-answer. So that's part one and part two of your homework. Part three of your homework is to nest them so that you start with the ask and then you introduce the character and then you close out your character tag and then you close out your ask tag. So it's nested. And part four of your homework is to flip it so that the character is on the outside. It doesn't have to be character, whichever of these you picked. Character is on the outside, answers, ask answers on the inside. I have this written out in full detail. You'll be happy to know it is in the liner notes so that you don't have to remember all of the things that I've just told you. And all of the description of the mace element is also in this. You get a worksheet this time. You get a worksheet. This is the benefit of the fact that I teach classes sometimes. Excellent. Uh, that actually sounds like a lot of fun. You guys should all totally do that. But for right now, this has been Writing Excuses, and you're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. 
If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storytellers' stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like... Do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus. 